Welcome to Ancient and Justified. Empty party zone. Revisit it. With me, James Hyman. And with me, Simone Angel. Hello, Mr. James Hyman. How you doing? Hello, Miss Simone Angel. I'm good, actually. I'm good. Enjoying life yeah. day by day. Yeah, yeah, very good. good. You? Oh, loving it. I'm in the middle of Amsterdam right now. I have some very lovely friends who allowed me to stay in their wonderful apartment. And it's just amazing. You just walk out a door and instantly you're in all the, just the craziness of Amsterdam. It's all around you here. And so coming from the jungle, and then come in here. I just love the contrast. It's so much fun. Of course. It's great. It's your hometown. Yeah. Have you been to any clubs? No, but my kids have, which is really quite funny. So I set up, um, I, I basically got an old friend of mine to get her daughters to bring my sons out clubbing in Amsterdam. So yeah, the next generation is out there doing it. So yeah, that was great. Very, very good. I don't think they wanted their mum there. So I, stay, I stayed away. Excellent, excellent. Well, next generation, I mean, someone else who you're interviewing today, kids, next generation, Kimsey, was she a big clubber? Would you ever go clubbing with her? Um, I mean, we all partied after shoots. I don't know if she was a big She did, clubber. like, she I did. I guess maybe she was. I remember yeah. when we did Tribal Gathering, 95 yes. or 96, she was really you know really into it and she liked that scene shout out to thomas marker she was there yeah she did a few little interviews why why shout out to thomas because the Ger i love thomas but why shout out to the thomas? german was he filming the, that no the german connection he and kimsey were friendly they liked raving and probably together she was into that the techno scene so yeah i remember she interviewed i think she did a couple of links with hard floor in german Carl Cox. I just the other day saw a video of her interviewing Carl Cox, I think at Tribal Gathering. Nice. Hey, we're still here backstage at the Tribal Gathering and right now I have Carl Cox next to me. How are you now at this moment? Oh, I've been a little bit nervous. So did you know, so she is, I don't know how you say it in English, in Dutch you say van adel. She's some kind of, she's not quite royal, but kind of almost, a right? Count, like a countess. She's a, Count yeah? Yeah, Countess. So I just saw her full name. Yeah, she owns a castle, right? You can go raving. And exactly, okay. so her full name is Kimberly Karen Daisy Louise Gräfin von Reichach. That's like her full name. So it's, yeah, quite hardcore. Nice, nice. Yeah. Make sure you address her correctly when you interview her. Oh yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> but how funny! But I'm right? saying and she, she lives. Ended up on she li yeah, she lives. In, well, I, was she that before? Was that always her name, or did she become a countess? No, I mean she was that from birth. I mean she has now inherited the castle, so her and her ah. sister now own the castle. Great place for raves. I think so. Do you think I should ask her? Yeah, definitely. Maybe we should have like an MTV reunion at the castle. Definitely. Her, I mean, her husband, partner, whatever, is a great DJ, DJ shit robot. Yeah. So, you know. I think so. Good. 
great name, right? <laughs> yeah, very funny name. So I was quite surprised. So she actually wasn't at MTV as long as I thought she was. I think I just read somewhere like from 90... About three years. Right, 95 years. to 98 or something like that. So that really wasn't as long as I remembered. But she was there at a good time. I was trying to remember, did she have... Did she have like a flagship show? You know how everyone did like links, but they also had a show. I can't remember. I mean, she filled in a lot for a lot of, she was excellent and a great mm. presenter and she's carried on presenting. But did she, I can't remember a, a show she was known for. Oh, um, I also can't remember. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. I really can't remember if there was one specific show that she did. Um, yeah. And you're, and, and you're saying, I mean, she, she was there from 95 to 98, which was a, fantastic uh time in clubbing mm -hmm. you know all the super clubs coming up all those tribal gatherings cream fields the ibiza she and she loved her clubbing i'm pretty confident i can say that and so that was a great time to be at mtv if you were into that club scene well and also you know mtv was probably really at the height of its fame and success and also at that point because when rebecca and i were talking um, on another VJ edition, we said that in the early days, people in the southeast of England didn't have cable. So when we walked around in London, nobody knew who we were. But by the time that Kimsey came, a lot of people did have cable. So we became more famous um, even, even in England um, at that point. So, yeah, so I guess she really was there in the heydays. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how she, um, how she remembers it. And, yeah, what what her thoughts are looking back. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Have you seen her since MTV? I think, again, it's a blur. She may have come to one of those reunion parties. You know, there was, a, there was one at Fabric right. in like, what, the mid early 2000s. I feel I saw her at one of those reunions very quickly. Those parties were a real trip. You like saw everyone in a flashback for four seconds. Do you remember? I filmed you going, oi, oi, one of those things. Yeah. And you just saw everyone very quickly and boom, that was it. Maybe she was at one. Oh, I mean, I don't know. A, I can't remember. You, you know what's funny? I don't know if you had this. Mm. When I went to the MTV reunion, I got a little bit panicky beforehand because I was so worried that there was going to be people that I wouldn't recognize. And when I spoke to other people, they all had the same fear. But the minute you walked in, it was like, oh. Of course you remembered everyone. And it just felt like no one had changed at all. It was the weirdest thing. Absolutely. But I hate when you can't remember someone's name. You remember exactly who they are, what they did, what their job was, but you just couldn't remember the name. So you don't mention their name. It's kind of rude if you don't know someone's name. No, I mean, I know, but I, I quite often don't know people's names. It doesn't matter. You just don't mention their name. You just hug them. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs me when I can't remember a name. Obviously, I can't remember Kimsey's full name. By the way, just quite interesting on that thing. You know, when you're talking about when everyone had MTV on cable or by that time everyone had it, this was so raw. I posted something the other day on an MTV group. I think it was from like ID mm -hmm. magazine in 1987. So when MTV was just starting in Europe, and I love how raw this is. Basically, just says here at the end of this ID thing, to find out how to get MTV, call your local council to see if your area is cable. If it is, get the number of your local cable. If you're having problems, call Robin Skurlock at CIT wow. Research. I just love how raw that is. You can't do that today. Excuse me, can I? Yeah, just call him up. Look, there it is. Funny. Yeah, but now it's just all- Just raw. Every, 
everything is on the internet so we don't have to chase anything it's just it's there no matter where you are in the world not everything not everything is on the internet not everything okay. is on the internet a lot is the tip of the oh. iceberg but i know i know what you mean i know what you mean yeah. i know what you mean but uh, anyway it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to catching up with kimsey i really send, do yeah. enjoy send her my love yes i will definitely send her your love Oh my goodness. How wonderful to have you on the show. Well, I'm absolutely flattered and a little bit nervous and excited that you asked me, but here we are. It's so great to see you. Yay! I'm so happy to have you and I love your necklace. It's so cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, nice. Straight back at you. Thank you very much. So, So tell me, where are you right now? I'm actually in my bedroom right now, okay. which you sort of, I'm like looking straight at my bed, which is a little bit disconcerting because it's not <laughs> properly made, but I have an office and that's usually where I like, you know, obviously work from and stream from and stuff, but my father-in-law is there right now. So okay. uh, he's in there. So I, I'm here. You're in your castle. I am in my castle. Yes. And uh, Southern Germany, a very small village, half an hour outside of Stuttgart. We have about 800 and 39 inhabitants which we all know personally <laughs> so it's very very rural quite a bit wow. of a change from london or new york for sure yeah right yeah just like my life quite a change <laughs> so you're in you're in holland now right right now i'm in holland look i still got i actually still got a jaguar looking over me look at that so this is my friend's house and funny enough they have a jaguar so i feel a little bit like i've got belize right behind me um, nice. Let's start with that, though, because when you were uh, a little girl, I mean, you also were living in this same castle, right? This is your mm -hmm. family's castle. Tell me about mm. this. Yeah, I grew up here with uh, my parents and my sister. And uh, my parents, they didn't, or my dad didn't grow up here. Like, he grew up in, in Berlin. And uh, when he was, like, 19 or something, different times, obviously, he was like, ugh, hate it here, need to leave. Germany immediately and he went to the States and he took my mom with him and they lived there um, for quite a while um, until they sort of got called back to Germany, you know, with like an uncle somewhat removed who didn't have any children. Um, and he was like, you know what, family castle, do you want it? And my mom was like, no, I'm kind of happy living in California. Can we please stay? And my dad is like, come on, let's try. So they moved to Germany and never left again really so and then my sister was born and I was born and um, yeah we've been living here ever since but the family as such um, has been here since 1453 so wow so, so explain it to me I never asked you about this before it's just not the kind of thing we discussed back at MTV <laughs> no, right we no, never no. really talked about this I mean I knew you had some kind of title but I don't think we ever talked about this. So so explain this to me. How did your family end up having these titles and this castle? Like, what's the story? It's a good question. Like, we used to, um, and I know a little bit about this because I did, like, a presentation a couple of years ago where I sort of had to go over the family history. And it's nothing I've ever really spent that much time with apart from, you know, what my parents told me and, 
you know, or what my grandparents told me, but I've never sort of went, like we have a family archive, so I went through that. Um, and the stuff that I could read, I, I read, and um, it's kind of interesting, like the family as such is from like um, Southern Germany, but we were, we weren't countesses or counts as we are now, we were just um, barons. Not bad. Just but, barons. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we're doing pretty well and we had like money lending businesses and we had like all sorts of castles. Like for the presentation, I, you know, did like a summary of all the castles that we used to have. There was like 15 of them. Some of them were quite big, you know. Um, so rather, you know, not influential, but, you know, we had some stuff going. And uh, I don't know, like my family sort of, you know, they, they do well and then they sort of tank again and then they do well and then they sort of tank again. So um, at this point, we are like there used to be like many um, different sort of strands of the family or lines and our or my direct um, forefathers, so to speak, were barons. And uh, then one of them was a um, minister of the interior. And he did so well that the king at the time was like, I'm going to lift you up and you're going to become a count. And uh, you're going to become a count who can also inherit the title. So that's how we sort of got lifted up from, from the other lines of the family a little bit. Yeah. How crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. And so, so you're a little girl. You live in a castle. It's a very unusual childhood, I imagine. Not so much because it's bricks and mortar at the end of the day. Right. It's just the bricks and mortar are just a little bit older, you know. Yeah. But as such, it's it's same, same, basically. Yeah, it wasn't that different, I have to say. Yeah. But did other kids view you differently, you think? Like when you went to school? Yeah, I mean, of course. You, obviously, that there was a change to other people's houses or apartments here in the village, for sure. But it was just sort of like that's... It was just taken for you know, granted, that's just how it is. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not, I mean, it's not that big, you know, it's like it used to be like, a, it used to have a moat and there used to be water surrounding it and stuff, you know, but it's sort of like, and there used to be lots of like vineyards and everything around and it's sort of like, we're down to the basics now. It's like a house, a bigger house, but yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. It's just so odd. You're the only person that I know that lives in a castle. But then I'm probably the only person that you know that lives in a geodesic dome. Absolutely. Which is also kind Absolutely. Of weird. In Absolutely. the jungle. I would love to come and visit. Like it's been on my list for like years and years and years. And your place looks amazing. And the pool and like everything is just like uh, incredible. So Anytime. if I ever if I ever make it uh, out there, I would definitely love to come. Okay, so you grow up in, you know, in the countryside, little village, mm. in your castle. How did you get from there to MTV? <laughs> Again, very unusual. How did that happen? Uh, long story short, I knew I wasn't going to, you know, stay in the village at that point for sure. And like my parents, they took us on, you know, we traveled a bit. We didn't just have the village, but they sort of took us to see the world a little bit. And I knew once I have my uh, degree or my finish my school, rather, uh, I'm not going to stay here. So I started studying and didn't really know what to do. So I studied communications because why not? Um, and uh, before I did that, I did an internship in Hamburg. Because my like I finished school and then 
everything was great and then like after six weeks my parents were like okay so what's happening now you know because I was just going out and sleeping and sleeping and going out and they're like mm, not great so they sort of put the pressure on a little bit so I did an internship for like a small management company in Hamburg that deals with uh, or at the time dealt with like young German soap actors um and uh, so they took me in for six months it was like the best time ever i had uh, had so much fun in hamburg and then that only lasted for six months so i started studying and um i still had friends in hamburg and one of the friends whose birthday is actually today stefan Klos, he started working for vh1 germany which was just being launched then and he was like, oh, you know, why don't you come? It's going to be a party. It's going to be amazing. Is all these people going to be there? You're going to have the best time ever. And I was like, well, sure, party, I'm there. So um, I drove up to the party, which was, in fact, amazing. Like um, Andrew Eldridge from Sisters of Mercy was there. And all these people that I certainly hadn't seen up close and personal ever. And uh, Shelby uh, was there, too. Shelby Taylor. So wow. Shelby was walking around doing his Shelby thing, handing out cards. And uh, he gave me his card and he's like, look, we're looking for, you know, VJs. Why don't you send in a tape? And I was like, sure. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, but he probably gave this card, you know, to, you know, everybody there. And I don't know, but it sort of stuck with me. And, and uh, then I went back to Essen, then I went back home and we used to have like an old glue factory that was about to be torn down and it was used for parties and stuff. So I asked my friend, I don't even know what video camera we use, but something ancient. He was like, oh, can you do a small tape? Uh, and he's like, sure. So we're on the roof and I'm just like, blah, 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 here I am. And if you want to know more, you're going to have to call me. And he called. So he was like, okay, interesting video we want to invite you to come to London and come for a casting. I was like, okay. So, um, so I got tickets to fly to London, didn't know what to expect. At the time I had like short blonde hair and it was like, oh, I'm sure there's going to be like 20 girls with short blonde hair. And I'm in the casting and it's only guys, you know, it's like only guys and me. And I was like, okay, fine. And I was, I mean, I don't know, Simone, like, were you nervous when you did your audition back in the day? Like, I was dying. I was literally <laughs> done. You weren't? <laughs> I wasn't no. trying to get the job, so I wasn't really nervous, I think. I don't know. Mind you, I was very loud, which so maybe I was hiding my nerve. Maybe I was nervous. Mm. I, I just can't remember myself as being nervous. But, uh, but yeah, so you were nervous, and then what happened? I was nervous and it was just like, I, I, I mean, I don't know like what tasks you got, but it was like doing like some simple, you know, some simple, you know, auto cue stuff, you know, introducing some video. And then there was like a fake band that I had to interview. And I was just, yeah. So whenever I was on camera and I had to perform, I was like, Ugh. and whenever I wasn't on camera, I was kind of fine. So I felt that I might have just sort of, like if if they had only seen me on camera they probably would have been like no she, she can't it's too much for her you know but i think the in-between stuff sort of saved me because i did have a good time you know and i was enjoyed being with the people and everything it was just like the camera moment was a little bit like oh and uh, so they were like yeah 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 great 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 you know so i flew home again and then i don't know exactly how much time passed but it was a little bit and they're like okay so they called me and said that that was okay, um, but uh, not quite sure. I think we want to invite you again. So they invited me again. 
And this time it was different because they had Peter Settlin involved. Do you did you deal with him too? Don't think so. The name doesn't really ring a bell for me. Okay, Peter Settlin um, at the time was um, coaching Princess Diana for public appearances and performances, and they figured what he can do for her, maybe he can do for me also. So we did like three days intense training, you just got sort of training? basic. Yeah. What? Yeah. We never yeah. got training. No. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I I spent three days with him and uh, just basically sort of he helped me be myself, you know, and just sort of breathe a little bit. And he was actually there for the audition. He was standing just to the side of the camera, and he was he was really really fantastic. And um, yeah. So I wonder if he was one of the people who actually saw something in you and said, "I can I can work with her." I wonder. Mm. I don't know. I mean, because he was called in later by, you know, by I don't know who to, you know, help me along. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure he must have maybe given good feedback too. But yeah, he was he was really great. Um, Until years later, he, you know, it turns out that he was taping Princess Diana and he sold the tapes and all that stuff, which is sort of not great. That's kind of creepy. Oh, that's creepy. Wow. You, You know, it's funny, actually, when you talk about the the tape that you sent to MTV because I actually forgot about that I also because I, I was in London when I was told that MTV was looking for VJs but I must have been going backwards and forwards because I also remember making a videotape for MTV and what I did was the same thing I was on the roof I climbed on the roof of my dad's house and sat on the roof and did my little speech because I thought that'd be really unusual and now you tell me that you are on a roof too yeah they must have a thing oh, with that <laughs> totally oh my god wouldn't you love to see that tape like you don't have it anymore do you no, no. no me neither love to see it that would be funny yeah so but you send in a tape and then you got invited to and then you got the job right away so or i you... actually yeah so i actually forgot for a while about that tape but i definitely did make it i don't i can't remember the whole time frame anymore but and i and, and my hiring was much quicker. That's what Rebecca was saying too, because we were from the early batch of VJs, right? So with us, mm. it was very quick. You just went in. Rebecca seems to think that she never even did a proper audition, that she was just kind what? of interviewed in the office by Sarah Martin, I think, and just got the job. And I remember sitting in the office with Brent and I was kind of interviewing Brent. I think that might have been my audition. I mean, it was very rough um i may have done something on camera but it really it wasn't much and then it was a few days where we were told okay you got the job and you can start tomorrow and that was it it was incredibly quick wow so by the time no i had a process of like four months or something i mean that was nerve-wracking and everything yeah because the a lot more professional at that point yeah (laughs) yeah for sure and even then like even after the audition went well the second one and i was like ah this is good i think i have a good feeling but you know i'm not gonna count my chickens yet you know like they took press pictures and all like afterwards and they're like and i was like so is that does that mean anything they're like no it's like okay like they still didn't tell me and i was like okay so i flew home not knowing and of course like I didn't tell anybody because you can't really tell anybody and then it doesn't happen and you're like, oh yeah, didn't, so that didn't work. So I'm going back to studying now. So I sort of kept quiet and was sitting on all that and was just sort of hoping. And then I remember, like I had this in essence, this little like tiny apartment under a roof and um, 
it was it was kind of cute and i had a fax machine there you know like back in the day you'd have fax machines and i had one with like you know these rolls like not single paper but these sort of thermal rolls like that weird right. paper that you couldn't read like three years later because it's sort of like the writing disintegrates right. yeah, 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 so yeah. i yeah yeah so i come home like one afternoon and like the entire apartment is like f full of this paper so they had given me the green light and sent the contract and the contract was like 84 pages or something so it's like mountains of paper like it was like oh okay and i was like so i guess i have i guess i have the job yeah so i That's... you know i didn't even like nobody like i just signed the contract not really knowing what i was signing there really wow. yeah and you know, that's another crazy thing. So in all my years at MTV, I never signed a contract. No. Never. <laughs> never. What? No. Every year they would give me a contract. And the stupid reason why I didn't want to sign the contract was because it said in there that um, for me to change my hairstyle, I had to ask permission. Yes. And I, didn't, I didn't want to do that. So what I would do, I would take the contract and go, yeah, thank you very much. I'll look it through. And then because it was such a big company and it was so kind of chaotic and so many different departments, I was kind of moving it around department and department up to the point when no one quite knew anymore who was dealing with it. Well, and done. then it would just, they would forget. And then the next year, a new contract would come and I kept doing this. And so in all those years, like nearly nine years, I never signed one contract. No way. So it was that And big. nobody nobody ever che checked up on it? Like, do we have no Simone's paperwork? No. <laughs> no. Wow. No. I remember it. <laughs> That's actually one of the one of the things I remember in this lengthy contract was the hair thing. And I remember like blonde hair, sh you know, short and everything. But I remember like one weekend I dyed it purple for something. I don't know. It just felt like it. And oh. then I had to I re-dyed it back to blonde, like for the Monday, you know. Just so I was gonna look you like did? I did on Friday. For continuity? I did, yeah. Oh no, I never did. Yeah. So my continuity yeah. was off a lot at a time. <laughs> so I would be, I mean, you know, one hairstyle one day, another one that just made no sense whatsoever, or even within the same day, it would swap. So I was a nightmare when it came to that, but somehow I was never really reprimanded for it. No. I just got away I was with just it. In I was in fear of reprimanding, and uh, but nobody ever actually said anything. And I think then after then I did get a bit more liberal. But I remember that, and that was a big deal because to, to get purple out to you know was really tough. Yes. Yeah, and I did it myself. Like I don't even know what oh or how, but yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and you didn't so even then, have to do that because all that stuff got paid for. You could have gone to some fancy ass like I know, hairdresser. I, I know, but I was yeah. I mean. I was just intimidated and I figured, you know, and that was right at the beginning. I was like, I'm not going to, you know, lose my job now because I feel like having purple hair over the weekend or whatever, which would have been totally fine. But but I guess as well, it must have been a little bit different for you because by the time I was saying to James, you know, James Hyman sends his love, by the way. Oh, love yes. to James. Oh, and, um, and we were talking about how when you joined MTV, it, MTV really was already like at the height of yeah. its success. I mean, it was oh, massive yeah. by the time you joined. You know, yeah. when I joined yeah. just a few years before, it was more like this little startup. And so mm. I felt a lot less worried about doing mm. these kind of things, like changing my hair color, not signing contracts. And it mm. was a lot more loose. And I think because I came in 
from that early time, I just kind of continued like that. Whereas mm-hmm. for you, you came into this massive, big organization. So totally. I can understand it must have been a little bit more intimidating for you. For sure. And it's actually interesting that you say that because for sure, the time I came in, like, you know, all of you were like, you know, larger than life, you know, superstars, you know, just standing next to you in the beginning, I was like shivering. Like I remember bumping into you in the subway with my friends and they were freaking out and I was freaking out, but I did want to play it cool. And it just was like, I can't believe it, you know, and Ray as well, of course, just standing next to Ray because I mean, he was such a huge, huge, you know, star in Germany. Just standing next to him, I was like, oh, my God, he's like he's illuminating the room just like with his presence. Like I was awestruck. So it was interesting because I I came in sort of like you say, at, at the height of that. And I still, you know, managed to to ride that wave for a bit before the big changes then happened, you know, and all the, you know, the changing into the different zones and, you know, central feed and UK feed and all of that. And also presenting in German and not in English anymore, which was so much not fun, you know. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, I remember I was doing shows in German and in English. So you speak, your family, you speak English at home, right? Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. I spoke English with my parents because when they moved back from the States, then they uh, just figured they were going to speak English now. So my sister and I grew up with two languages and now my husband's Irish and the kids uh, speak English too. And uh, so we're all speaking English pretty much. My husband refuses to speak German though. So he's been here for such a long time. He's slowly getting there. You know, it's only been... 17 years (laughs) you make it too easy for him yeah i know same with my husband although he does speak some dutch so a little bit but it's it's quite quite broken it's not it's Mm. not proper but yeah wow so okay so so you came in at the height of the mtv craziness um what was it like what was your very first interview do you remember that who was the first star that you interviewed or the first bands that you interviewed um, like I, I can't totally tell you. I remember I was thrown in to do greatest hits for for a while, you know, in the beginning, just to sort of get used to working in the studio and you know recording links and using the auto cue and all that. Um, but I remember because I was like, I mean, it's been a while, you know. So I sort of was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna talk to Simone, and I don't want to be like. Uh, uh, no idea who was that what was that person you know so I, I got out like my diaries and stuff and sort of oh, you know yeah and you sort got of went through diaries the- oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's so fun yeah we we did a show called boom do you remember that no <laughs> exactly no. it's like did did boom with simone it was really great like that was <laughs> early in the boom yeah no idea no How funny nothing absolutely no no recollection whatsoever so we did that together apparently i don't know it must have been some (laughs) format that then got uh, ditched or something so but the first like really memorable thing like i started in september and i thought like at first i'm gonna sort of you know just watch the whole process and sort of ease into it and i arrived on friday and by monday i was recording shows Mm -hmm. like you know and um so before I get to the first interviewing person, like I had never been on TV before. So I had never done makeup before. I had never done anything before. And the coming in and I got like one one lesson, you know, for an hour. 
and then it's like okay now 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 you're on camera and i was like petrified like i think it was carolyn who helped me at the time like do my makeup then or something because i was like i can't can't you know can't can't go on like this you, you know it was lily Polly. yes right. yeah yeah and i think it was Eden also i think the two of them sort of took pity on me <laughs> like, no, she can't go into studio a looking like this so they yeah i mean That's yeah sweet. yeah so i think it was actually uh lindsay or something to who did gave me the one hour makeup class or something yeah but it was like it took took a while to sort of be comfortable yeah on Monday I was recording um so I didn't quite see that coming that the process was so fast so then the first I think that was like in September and then the first like big trip uh was the EMAs in Paris wow and that was insane like I did an interview not actually for MTV but for like for German RTL with Nina Hagen and I was such a big fan and she was she couldn't have been nicer oh, she was like the so most lovely super lovely and yes. I think I was actually talking to her about you know she had like purple hair and I was like I still want purple hair but I can't have it because page 17 oh. in my contract and she actually went out and got me like this purple hairspray stuff oh. that washes out like I I was dying oh. And so she was really nice. And then we went to um, being in Paris. We went to the studio of Azedin Alaya at the time, just sort of walking around. And then we went to the EMAs and Jean-Paul Gaultier wished me a happy birthday. And I thought, that's it. I can I can die now. This is like, yeah. But the first interview, I don't know. I'd have to check. I'm, I'm not sure who, who that might have been. Did yeah. you, um, there was another MTV award, I can't remember which one it was, I think it might have been Milan, I'm not 100% sure, and mm. Fergie, Princess Ferguson, right, from the Royal Family, yeah. she was there yeah. with her daughters, um, but I don't think any of us kind of realised she was there, and Jean-Paul Gaultier also didn't realise she was there, and so when he walked into the room, he thought it was Jerry Hallowell standing there from the Spice Girls. Yeah. So he ran up and he grabbed her around the waist and started spinning her around saying, Ginger! Before no he realized it was her. And so he ran off. He wouldn't come out the toilets. He locked himself into the public toilets and wouldn't come out because he was so, you know, like oh my shocked God. that he had just swung around the princess calling her Ginger. So there you go. <laughs> so, but how was she? Did she enjoy it? Was she? Was she? Um, I don't know. I got told off. I also didn't know she was there, and so I was challenging someone to a game of pool, and I was going. I basically was swearing. I said, "I will fucking beat you" or something, and she's going, "Excuse me," and I'm looking, and it's like her standing there with her daughters. I'm like, "Well, you know, don't be backstage at MTV. I mean, what do you expect? People are gonna probably swear or do something that <laughs> something, is not yeah. quite PG. So yeah, yeah. But oh wow, what a was, great story! Crazy, yeah. So you got thrown in at the deep end as well, huh? Oh, Straight to yeah. the MTV Awards. Yeah, wow. yeah. And then it's sort of like it, like the uh, yeah. I'd say the first year and a half or something that was just like travel, 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 travel. And you know what? Let me show you something. I'm sure you remember those. Right, and it what had the scripts in it, and it, those were the the uh, travel pouches from um, Sophie for when we used to go on trips, and there was like money in there, oh. and there was like I don't know flight tickets i guess from right. the travel agent uh, and stuff like that yeah i have How i had loads funny. of funny so yeah. I, I remember this is another funny story as well so james and i 
we're going to Iceland. So it was James, myself, and a third person. It was three of us, and we're going to Iceland for three days, right? So we get to the airport, and we get this call or something, you know, we have to wait. Someone is coming from MTV from the offices to bring us something. And I can't remember who it was, but basically this person comes running in with three litre bottles of vodka and gives us all a litre bottle of vodka and said, we've just found out that alcohol is really expensive in Iceland, so you better bring your own. So we're just standing there with like three litre bottles of vodka. I'm like, what are they encouraging us that we should be doing there for three days? I mean, it was hilarious. So, yeah, and I do remember as well with, you know, all the traveling and stuff, I never knew where I was going, what I was doing. I literally would just, I knew I had to show up at the airport and I would show yeah. up and I'd go, where, where are we going? Like I yeah. often just didn't know, you know? You had the same thing sometimes? Oh, for sure. Like one time it was rather strange. Like there was a, we were gonna fly to Vegas for like some KISS reunion, which back in the day was like, you hadn't been repeated, you know, every couple of years. So it's like, oh yeah, we're flying to Vegas, um, doing KISS and we're flying business class. And I was like, yeah, but we're not paying for the tickets, it, somebody said. And I was like, okay, so, but who's paying for me to fly out to Vegas? Can I maybe find out? And it was actually, it was a big promo thing and it was all fine. Um, but uh, really good times to be had also. And we actually, in Vegas, we had a meet and greet with Secret and Roy. Like, <laughs> that was pretty, pretty awesome, yeah. That's and a great time. But it was like three days or something, you know, you get there, you hardly arrive and you're off again, you know. Yeah, yeah. there was lots of that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know. It was, it was all quite... Yeah. And yeah. a lot of it you can't quite take in. Do you ever see videos of yourself and you just literally... You can't remember being there. You can't remember that you ever met that person. Yeah, like, totally. Strange. Like when I was looking now at like, you know, some of the festivals like Rock am Ring or Bizarre um, Festival and I was like, oh, interviewed this person, that person, you know, met Nellie Hooper, met this person. I don't know. And I was like, I don't fully remember that. No, because it was so much. We met so many people at yeah. the time and had so many experiences, you know, yeah. like I remember distinctly like, you know, obviously in preparing for today, I was sort of thinking, and I remember a trip where you also were in Mykonos. Do you remember that? Remind me. Okay, so there was, Mykonos was like a, 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 some big party thing. I, right. I think there was just dance parties all the time. Not exactly sure what we filmed. And I remember like we had, uh, it wasn't as, as fancy as the Ibiza, like, villa stuff that we stayed at but it was pretty nice and um i remember we were sitting at a big table and trying to eat lunch or dinner or whatever and you were vegan at the time i'd never heard of that and it was like what is she gonna eat you know there's nothing to eat because it's just like (laughs) fried meats of you know all kinds of yeah oh man that's so cool yeah that was always a thing oh gosh i really got underfed after a while because i was just eating lettuce leaves and french fries quite often you know people just didn't know what to do with it i remember one time in switzerland or austria we're out in the you know skiing or something and i asked i said i want a salad i said i want, want no cheese no meat just a big salad right and it's like okay you get it you understand it yes no meat no meat no meat okay she comes back and it is loaded with ham 
And I'm like, but I asked no meat. And she said, yes, yeah, so I cut it very small for you. I'm like, oh. did she think I couldn't chew it? I mean, uh. yeah. So, oh. I oh, no, but the, the trips to to Austria, to Lax, they were also great for like snowboarding and stuff. And that's sort of like, oh, let's go filming. I can't snowboard yet. Okay, so let's get you some lessons. I mean, those were the real, real perks, you know, yes. I find not just the travel and meeting great people and having like clothes thrown at you, you know, mm -hmm. all the time. It's just sort of, oh, let's do this now. Let's do that now. I and, know, and uh, like jumping out of airplanes or flying yes. planes or God knows the kind of crazy stuff that we did. What is some, so sure. what are some of the crazy things? So you so you learned to snowboard. Do you remember some I other learned, things you did? Yeah, I um, I did uh, in 96 with James actually, because I think you were sick that weekend. I got to cover for you. We went to travel gathering. So big deal, you know, I've got very large shoes to fill, which I can't even fill remotely, you know. Um, so I was I was quite nervous and they had a bungee jumping thing there, never bungee jumped. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, let's do bungee jumping. That sounds like it would be fun. And it actually wasn't. It was horrible. Yeah, it was it so is, terrible. Yeah. I know, I don't it's, like it. I didn't, no, I didn't like I it. Would, never again i was standing up there and i was just like sort of i had this you know the moment that i had up there was really like no this is no fun because i'm sort of if something happens now i'm chancing my life for a bit of a thrill which isn't actually that much of a thrill so yeah and i like my head was woozy for like hours after yeah, yeah. that was so it's weird so that tribal gathering i actually mm -hmm. th there's a little clip so i act we actually are together at that We're tribal together? gathering too yes we are but okay. then, but maybe, I don't know if it was several days, because I know that you were interviewing Carl Cox. I got a little yes. bit of that. Yeah. But then I'm interviewing some other, so I don't know. So or we were to, I don't know. Again, everything I, is so hazy, you know, yeah. it's like just little random memories. So, so tell me some other just moments that are kind of stuck in your head forever. Some moments from that, from that time. I remember the um, the su Christmas or summer parties always being pretty awesome. Oh yes, like that was great. Yes, um, I remember using Addison Lee quite liberally. So that that was the taxi service. So yes, yes. yes. Oh, no, we so abused that system, didn't we? I did yes. as well, yes. going out clubbing and yes. Yeah, I I th that I sort of miss definitely. Yes. Um, it was just great to just call them up and say, yeah, I need a car now and, you know, just wait there or, you know, while I go shopping and then take me back home. I, you know, obviously remember um, having, you know, stylists back yes. in the day. There was Angela and then there was John Bland, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then there was Davina's cousin, Alice. She was great. And uh, just having somebody to sort of help you you know wear stuff i was actually telling my husband like i saw some ad on tv and i remember like that was just after i had begun uh working for mtv and i was wearing mostly still my own stuff you know and this mix of vintage and whatever and i had this t-shirt that i got in some vintage shop which i just sort of liked and i got into so much hot water after wearing it on air because it said xerox on it you know and they're like why are you wearing a xerox shirt like we have no dealings with this company oh like are God. you taking my and i was like i just like it sort of looked awesome and cool yeah so from then on i was like okay guess i need to talk to angela first before i wear something on oh, air funny. wow so 
I remember that. Um, and let's see what else. Um, so once the, the switch happened and we moved from English to German and I didn't do greatest hits anymore or, you know, cinematic or big picture, those were the best trips anyway. Like the film festivals like Cannes and Venice, Sundance, crazy. Like wow. so much fun. Like that was really, really, really great. And also like the whole film team, you know, they were all amazing. So was that, so James and I were trying to figure out, like, what was your regular show or what were your regular shows like for, for the years that you were there? Uh, Zoom with you, <laughs> Zoom Apparently. or Boom or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, lots of filling in, obviously, if people were sick, but I did Greatest Hits for a long time. And then I did the big picture for a while, but I feel that was Toby's show also more than mine. Or did he do cinematic? No, I think I did cinematic and he did big picture, right. something like that. Um, and then once the switch happened, I did select, which was in German, which was the every afternoon at 4 p.m. where we had like bands in and stuff. But that was German bands or film promotions and stuff. And I remember one moment where I was just like, ah, oh, that's it, people, I've had it. Like we did a thing for like some James Bond film and there was like a BMW motorcycle in the studio. But I wasn't allowed to touch it. I wasn't allowed to refer to it. It was just sort of standing there, you know, and it was just like there was lots of that stuff going on where they had all sorts of feelings, you know, and it was kind of like, that's no fun. I don't want to. What, what is this? You know? Yeah. yeah how, so how did you feel when, when all the changeover happened? I mean, did you did you still feel at home? Did you like how, how did you experience that? I thought it was odd, you know, because I, I felt deep in my heart, you know, an allegiance to the old school, you know, mm -hmm. for me, MTV Europe and MTV as I knew it was always about being European and having, yeah. you know, the Coca-Cola European top 20 or whatever. It was about traveling all over the place and going to Ibiza one weekend and to, you know, wherever the next weekend and when it changed into the different segments um and that for me meant then you know like i mentioned presenting in german and then the bands were also german all the time and i was just like mm, you know like i'd rather hang out you know at sundance than talk to nice german bands you know but just like mm, no not so much fun it just it makes everyone's world smaller, right? Yeah. That's what I, I didn't understand. We had this big, wide open world where everybody was welcome, where yeah. we were exposing everyone to each other's music, each other's kind of youth culture and, and, and way of dressing. And yeah. it was so wonderful. And it yeah. just, it, to me, it really hurt. Like I, I really struggled when MTV started to break up. And I remember saying to Bill Rohde at the time, I'm like, but, we're the real thing you know i know there's yeah. all these copycats in the regions in their own language but they're copying us so why are mm. we now copying them why yeah. are we now pretending to be a viva or whatever other channels exactly. were out there i'm like we're the real thing like coca-cola it's like the real yeah. thing people yeah. will come back to us but um yeah no they're still and you know continued with the breakup and yeah. So how was it for you presenting in German? What did you present in German? I can't remember. I think it was dance or the dance floor chart. I think we did a German version of it, if okay. I remember right. Um, so, I mean, I don't mind. I, I quite like presenting in German. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it just felt... It just felt so sad to see everyone mm. splitting up into regions. It's a bit like a like a kind of like a Brexit kind of thing, you know? It's, totally. 
it's just it, it was all about it was all about unity it was all about young people coming together mm. and that was what i was proudest of at mtv that we brought all these young people together that we gave them one unified voice a european mm -hmm. voice and and that was going and yeah, yeah very sad. i mean think totally sad thinking about that like i think one of the like also most memorable moments or most memorable MTV trips. And I don't know if, if you were there, maybe or not, um, was seeing Prodigy play Red Square. Were you there for that? No, sounds good. Oh my, oh my wow. God. Like that, I mean, that, that, that you can imagine what that's like. Wow. It's like, I've never ever experienced anything like it. Like we flew Aeroflot there and people were like smoking on the planes and everything and then landing it was sort of like Ooh, okay it's a bit different here like ev everything was different and um i'd never seen so many people like red square was filled with people prodigy were doing their thing it was just crazy and there was like there was I, I there was like guards you know there everywhere they were like not very nice with the punters in the audience and it was just like it was such a, an explosive atmosphere yeah. and then the concert was the show was like amazing it was so great and then we left there and went to some bar and then there was like a guy on a horse that passed us in the middle of Moscow and then we went to some bar and I think you know the three liters of vodka like it's probably what we drank like we were all like standing on this bar and you know every now and then like somebody couldn't stand anymore and then they fell over and then the, like all the 50 people standing on the bar fell over with them like I'd never experienced anything like that I don't even know how, how I could then get back to London crazy. it was craziness wow. yeah but wow. it was yeah, it was really, really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah, I remember as well, we were in Latvia at one point and it was all like the Latvian kind of mafia. And it really was like being in, it was like being in a scene of The Godfather, you know? Mm -hmm. There's all these big meatheads and, and they just like, they put you, I remember us with Jimmy Somerville, who's like tiny little guy and they would just put their arm around him and they go, you my friend, drink vodka. You know, and like, and it wasn't like it wasn't a, it wasn't a question. It was just like it was no. a demand. You and I drinking yeah. vodka, and then they would go, and now we drink champagne. You're like, oh okay. Jesus, oh no, yes, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> getting a headache just listening. So, what was your most memorable like oh, encounter? Encounter, or oh, I, don't I don't know. know. I mean, well, I guess my first, my very first interview was Tina Turner, which is kind of oh. nuts. You know, when you're 18 wow. years old, you've never interviewed anyone and you get to interview Tina Turner. I mean, that was bizarre. Um, was, she, was she nice? Oh, lovely. She was so lovely. Yeah, really wonderful. Um, and then, gosh, after that, it just, like I said, it just went, it just went so fast and it was just never ending. So it, it, mm. it really got to the point where you feel like pretty much anyone from the 90s, I would say, I've almost interviewed like everyone <laughs> yeah. or maybe like i'd say maybe 90 percent. so occasionally someone goes did you interview that person you go oh no that one i didn't interview but it's mm -hmm. kind of like an exception it's like you just have spoken to everyone mm. and um but i also have to say you know after mtv we started to run a hotel in belize and we used to have people from all walks of life there you know we had a lot of like nasa scientists and people from silicon valley but also you know um doctors nurses police officers like it was this you know fbi used to stay with us so we had this random mix of people stay with us and 
I think I've met more interesting people mm. after my MTV time than during yeah. my MTV time. You know, yeah. not anything against the musicians, but I think people overestimate how interesting mm. they all are. I'm not yeah. saying they aren't interesting, mm. but it's not the be all and end all. I think, you know, I've learned so much from all the people that I've met after MTV. Yeah. Um, and also don't forget a lot of people are putting on a show. You know, everybody's yeah. performing. And yeah. so you don't get to the true essence quite often of, of those no. people. So, um, yeah. I mean, especially not in a little segment where you have five minutes to interview somebody, you know, and sort of they need to hit their points to sell whatever, you know, right. record they're promoting at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Thinking of that, like, I remember we were in Venice one time and we did. I don't know what film it was, but it was Bruce Willis and, you know, like press junkets for films and stuff like yeah. the worst. Like it's, it's inhumane for everybody involved. Like, the, you know, film stars need to answer the same questions all day long. And you've got, you know, people, you know, being hushed in for three minutes and I don't really perform well in three minutes, it seems, you know, so we had to do a Bruce Willis thing. And I don't know. And he was, you know, like for years, I was like, he was being such a dick and maybe maybe he was but the situation was so difficult it's like so tell me what's the film about and he said it like a million times mm -hmm. and we've got like you've got the press woman she's like you know you've got two minutes 18 seconds left you know and he's answering and he's like rambling and suddenly he talks about i don't know buddha or something nothing to do with the film and he looks at me he's like do you know what i'm talking about and i was like no but i've got two minutes 16 seconds i don't have time to understand oh, just wow. answer the question yeah so um no, that was, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, not great. And I remember one time actually in Cannes, we, uh, there was, Kate Winslet was doing something. It wasn't Titanic, I hope. I don't know what it was. She was, you know, she was, you know, doing interviews. And uh, whoever I was filming with, I don't, I don't remember, but we didn't have an, uh, an interview slot scheduled with Kate Winslet, but they sort of knew each other, like whoever had the interview slot beforehand, and we just sort of managed to hijack the slot. And she was like, who are you? Why are you? I was like, okay, let's go quickly. Here's a couple of questions. And she was very kind and nice and answering. She's like, I didn't, did I agree to do an MTV interview? Don't remember, but okay. Fine. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So those are the times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, did you decide to leave MTV at the end? Did, were you? How, how was the um, end for you? The, the end. Um, I so I left in '98. Uh, I, uh, as my diary says, 16th of June uh, was my last day of work, and <clears throat> we had. I had my. You know. Like back in the day, we used to have these meetings. Remember when like all people got fired, you know, like not everybody made it out of the meeting, like really traumatic if you mm -hmm. think about it. Yes. Um, so like I didn't have any of that. I remember then because every all the operations had been moved to Germany and I was kind of like um, I in the spring, like late springtime is when we had my talk and I was like not feeling it anymore because I kind of knew this whole move to Germany, like more and more was being moved to Germany. I didn't know if I was going to be on, on board anyway, but I also didn't want to be on board. It just sort of felt like this is coming to an end and my heart isn't in it anymore. Yeah. So I decided for myself and with my agent or my manager um, at the time that I wanted to go to New York to go to acting school. So I went into the meeting, you know, knowing that I, I don't want to have my contract renewed. 
you know so i honestly i didn't actually ask if it was going to be renewed um i felt it maybe would have been for a while but um yeah that's just sort of felt right at the time yeah yeah how was it for you Oh, not as pleasant. No. <laughs> well, you... I mean, I already kept announcing. I, I announced on the Harald Schmidt show that I was leaving and stuff, you know. Um, so I think I dug my own grave. You know, I was kind okay. of announcing I was going to leave and then I didn't have the guts to do it. Oh, so then okay. I just got the boot, you know. They were like, right, that's it, you're out. I was like, yeah, no, fair enough. I did announce I was going, so. Um, but um, <clears throat> did you did you end up... I don't know, maybe, maybe I had it worse than you because I was at MTV for so long, but did you have a little bit of an identity crisis afterwards where you'd oh, go, for sure. I'm Kimsey from, and then there was nothing, there was... I mean, that's why it was like, I, for me, the best decision was to go to New York right after. Like I had this sort of leeway period from June until September where I was still in Germany and I was working. I did like a big um, road show for ARD. Um, and so I was still sort of living that life and then i moved to new york and started acting school and nobody recognized me and i could really sort of that was the best thing ever because i could just sort of settle down right. you know i could settle down and sort of really you know because i mean maybe it was similar for you it's such a whirlwind you sort of mm -hmm. get you know thrown into everything you know it's there's just so much going on so i felt personally it was really the best to sort of come you know in new york be able to really find myself again also like where am I what what am I even doing where do I want to go and then in acting school like they didn't they, nobody knew me nobody cared that I you know was in a truck with Metallica driving right. across Holland or something it was yeah. like uh, you know so that was um extremely helpful and yeah. really in terms of like self-care and everything and like, you know, I did acting school for two years and then I auditioned for four years. And of course, in New York, also nobody knew what was going. They're like, oh, MTV or what's that? You know, and I was like, wow. oh, OK, so. Um, MTV in Europe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what did you guys play? We like, were mm -hmm. actually bigger than MTV America. I mean, we had more viewers than MTV America because we weren't just MTV Europe. I mean, it was like parts of the Middle East, the mm. former East Bloc, uh, yeah. New Zealand, um, parts New Zealand. of Africa, Nigeria. Like there was a whole bunch of other regions that were showing MTV Europe. So we actually had more viewers than MTV America. Ha! MTV America. Dare. Yes. <laughs> Stick that in your Stick pipe that. and smoke yeah. it. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, so I auditioned for like, you know, four years trying to get parts and this and that. And I worked in a restaurant also. And I remember like, that wasn't in the beginning, but, you know, I was like waitressing and stuff. And, you know, somebody came up to me and you know, she was like, huh, you used to work at MTV Europe. And I was like, yeah. And, huh. And now you're waitressing. Huh. <gasps> Yeah, and it's like, you sure you want to drink that coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that was like the wow. only time where I was like, where somebody was openly sort of nasty to me. But I was like, look, this is this is what it is. Yeah. Just you know, you go through it's all sorts life. of things in life. And actually, at the time, I was, you know, it, it, anything. There was nothing better that could have happened to me. Yeah. I think the process was just sort of interesting than coming back from New York and moving here for the house, which, you know, my parents mm -hmm. were getting old and they were like, what, well, do you want to take it and take care of it and whatnot? And we're like, oh yeah, my sister and I. So we moved back here to Germany. And then the process was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to go back into acting or 
pursue acting anymore because the whole process of auditioning for years on end is just so frustrating. I just yeah. want to work, you know. I don't want to yeah. be getting trying to get work, you know. So I hooked up again with the agency that I had a job at Seabit Home in 1997, and they were like, "Yeah, okay, we can work with you," and that was really sort of interesting to sort of see like where where am i now because yeah. we moved back in 2004 so i was 30 at the time 30 is not you know 21 i was 21 when i started at mtv mm -hmm. so i remember they sent me out like you know or they didn't send me out they like recommended me for some jobs and it was kind of like oh yeah but she's too old for this you know like something and i was like yeah because i'm not 19 anymore or 21 i'm not you know doing you know the coca-cola report somewhere so that was also a process of sort of you know where do i see myself now what do i want to do what do i see myself working on um and that took a while and it's uh, you know honestly like right now like just like you say with the people that you meet in belize like there's so much you know great people you meet and so much richness and it's the same thing that i have with my job now you know it's not just announcing video abc but it's working on you know content and you know dealing with interesting subjects ranging from like hydrogen to yesterday i was dealing with uh, the rights of uh, people with uh, severe handicaps and how they can be helped in the workplace and stuff like that it's just you know it's, it's such a such a gift so you're enjoying what you're doing now yes yeah oh, totally yeah for I sure I love it so it's come full circle so you're yeah, back totally. in the castle you're back to presenting but in a more mature way in a more mature way yeah and actually you know like sometimes I think like oh you know TV mm, obviously you know the financially just a t totally different situation you know but I have to say I kind of enjoy that I can I can do the things I want to do I'm not in under public scrutiny or whatever I don't know what your take is on this but we oh, it sounds ancient we grew up in a different time you know but can you imagine having had social media back then like we would have been screwed big time I mean people filming you you know off hours or whatever yeah. no you know no. We were and lucky. We were totally lucky. And I think we just sort of, we, we, it was a perfect time really to, to have been part of it, you I know. I couldn't agree more. Hey, Kimsey, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such a delight talking to you. I just love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh, same to you. It's so great to talk to you. It's so great to see you. And it's so great to see how well you're doing. And you're still such a shining light and an inspiration and just like sunshine. Oh, yeah. thank you're gonna you. Start crying now. I'll give you like big cuddles. <laughs> so next time, Belize, okay? Yes, for or Germany. I mean, Ooh. you're literally just down the road. Ooh. Oh yeah, uh, James thinks that we should do a little rave at your castle. You, your husband yes. can go DJ, and we can all he will. dance. He will. He will. We've got quite a rave community here in okay. our village, so you definitely have to. All right, I'll stop out. filming and I'll uh, talk a little bit more to you about that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kimsey. Bye bye. How did it go with Kimsey? How was it? Oh, so wonderful. It, I mean, it, it's such a joy to talk to the other VJs. When was the last time you were in touch with her? I can't remember you said. We haven't. We haven't seen each other since the MTV days. We've spoken, well, spoken. I mean, we've stayed in touch on social media. So we've had some messages back and forth, but that was it. We really haven't haven't seen each other or properly spoken to each other. So um, 
it it really was a joy and and like we said she was there at such a good point uh, in MTV's history so she had some good stories as well so i just want to know one thing okay uh, is there going to be a rave in the castle uh, yeah um possibly she said that yes they do sometimes have some good parties there she said there's a really good rave scene and of course her husband is the dj so i think she's up for it james i think we're going to have to do that little rave in in her castle wouldn't that be fun Beautiful. But um, yeah, no, it was it was absolutely wonderful, and um, I'm really excited for you to hear the whole episode and to listen to her stories. I'm doing it right away. Second it launches, I'm there.